Arizona, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. Burns and Gambo show, you come to us at 4 o'clock every day, this is where you know you're going to get it, here is everything we have been Talking about on Burns and Gambo, starting with the Phoenix Suns losing last night to the Luka-less Dallas Mavericks, 99-95. Luka Doncic left the game with an ankle injury about four minutes in, and yet the Suns put forth one of the most discouraging efforts we've seen this year, at least recently given the four-game win streak. DeAndre Ayton really struggled last night despite 19 points and 20 rebounds. He was 6 of 20 from the floor. It was his first game back after a non-COVID illness and said he's still a little under the weather. I'm still sick. I felt a little dizzy. You know, I was showing a little bit on some of the shots, like the jump hooks, like after fighting, getting position, and just going up strong. Still had some rust on me. He was definitely short on a lot of his shots, Gambo, but there were other elements to his game last night that were a little lacking, to say the least. No, 20 rebounds is impressive. If you look at the box score, you see another double-double, you see 20 rebounds, you're like, wow, he's incredible. But two times he failed to box out Powell. Big offensive rebounds, uh, and one that sealed the game for the Mavericks, because he was able, Powell was able to go to the free-throw line and knock down two free-throws when the Suns were about to get the ball back with a chance to take the lead, tie the game. So that was huge right there. The shots, you know, I'm going to write it off to him being sick. You know, I understand the the impatience with DeAndre Ayton, but he was very sick, and that, I think that's the reason why all those shots came up very short. Yeah, the bench wasn't very good last night. Chris Paul had a good game. Kim Johnson had another good game last night. It was interesting to hear Chris Paul after the game talk about how he misses Jay Crowder on this roster. I'm missing him. No secret about it, you know, that's when our brothers I came here with Jay, you know, so um, hope you good. Nah, nah, you out there, hope you good, but you know, it's, it's a business, it's the league, you know, it is what it is. Meanwhile, the good news for the Suns is that Devin Booker, who had not been traveling with the team recently because of his injury, he was with the team today on their way to San Antonio. He is with the, doesn't mean he's going to play for the Suns against the Spurs tomorrow, but he's traveling with the team, which means, as you've suggested for the last couple days, Gambo, he's close. He's close. I'm hearing, I heard yesterday, expect him back next week for one of those games. There are four games next week. I couldn't pinpoint which one, but the Suns expect him back for one of those games. All right. Larry Fitzgerald was on Bickley and Murata this morning. Good get from the guys on the morning show. And they asked him to weigh in on Sean Payton and the Cardinals coaching search. And he gave a glowing, glowing review for Sean Payton. He's a franchise changing aspect. He's going to be expensive. You have to get compensation up to New Orleans Saints. But if you're trying to change the conversation, he's the guy that had the ability to do that. He checks a lot of boxes when you're talking about somebody who change the fortunes of an organization. Called it a no-brainer earlier in the interview. Yeah, and listen, I, I we've said this, the influence that he has over Michael Bidwell. You know, Michael Bidwell and, and Fitz have a great relationship, a great friendship, working relationship. I mean, if there's any influence there from Larry, you know, Michael will take that and consider what Larry has to say about who the next head coach should be. Yeah, I, I was frankly surprised to hear Fitz be so strong in his endorsement of Sean Payton. Not that Sean Payton doesn't deserve it, but Fitz, I think, has to know that his words carry a lot of weight 
when it comes to the organization and how he's perceived and things like that. So we'll see if that has any bearing on what happens. As far as Peyton and the options there, this is Ian Rappaport, NFL Insider, on the Pat McAfee Show earlier today. Arizona, I think, was interested in Frank Reich, was interested in Dan Quinn, not getting either of them. Sean Payton, we'll see, but that would make some sense. And then I think at Denver, he has not been eliminated there. You know, I know they like D'Amico Ryans a lot, but he's still in play there as well. So, you know, might it lean toward returning to Fox now? I think maybe, but he's definitely still in play at two places. All right, so we're waiting. This is kind of crazy. Like, it really is. It's kind of like, wow, it's just yeah, the fact that Denver, you know, Denver fired their coach with weeks to go in the season. They don't know what the hell they're doing right now. And you know, Cardinals about all these interviews. They haven't hired anybody right now like come on let's go i mean somebody does that mean that nobody's blown anybody away in the interview process and you're sitting there you're not sure which guy to hire that's not a good thing somebody needs to the cream needs to rise to the top bernsey indeed indeed well along those lines maybe the cream is rising in houston because ian rapaport tweeted out today that the texans have their eye on 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico ryan's with mutual interest in him becoming potentially their next head coach in Houston. A second interview is expected next week. Now, I've also read on Twitter from very capable NFL insiders who suggest that Broncos are not out on D'Amico Ryans either, and it might be one of those two teams for him. But earlier today, there was an expectation that maybe Ryans would end up with the Texans job. He can't speak to anybody or take a job until the 49ers are either eliminated or after they've played their game against Philly on Sunday. So we got to wait yeah. a couple of days on that Listen, one. We knock Bill O'Brien a lot, but that guy, you know, Bill O'Brien did a good job there. He had a winning record with the Texans and uh, AFC South champions a few times, but they've been a mess since then. You know, Romeo Cornell, David Culley, Lovey Smith, they've had three coaches in the last three years. This will be their fourth coach in the last four years when they make this hire. Steve Wilkes said on Friday he was, quote, disappointed but not dis- defeated after being passed over for the Panthers' head coaching job. Quote, the sun rose this morning, and by the grace of God, so did I. I'm disappointed but not defeated. Many people aren't built for this, but I know what it means to persevere and see it through. Close quote. Did a great job. Six and six with Carolina. Really thought that he would get uh, the job. I think he deserved the job. They would decided to go in a different direction. Hopefully somebody else, else will give him an opportunity. What he did as an interim coach should give him some opportunities to be a head coach again. The Rams are in the process of hiring former Jets offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur to be their offensive coordinator. That's seen as a key part, even though he might not be calling plays with the Rams. Oftentimes, people on Sean McVay's staff find head coaching jobs elsewhere or a year or two down the road. Yeah, you know, obviously the Jets offense had a lot of struggles, but most of that this year was because of just the poor quarterback play that they had. They really struggled to get, you know, consistent quarterback play. But LaFleur's had a good track record before, so it makes sense for McVay to bring him in. All right, meanwhile, the AFC and NFC Championship games are this weekend. Patrick Mahomes says he's good. Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey fully participated in practice today, but he was added to the injury report with a back issue. He's listed as questionable. Bengals tight end Hayden Hurst will play in the AFC Championship game, but those two offensive linemen for the Bengals who had to sit out last week, they have been ruled out this week as well. No surprise the Bengals won without them last week, but they have been ruled out for this week's oh. game against the Chiefs. Yeah, and they won because Joe Burrow was getting the ball out with an average time of 2.5 seconds. That's awfully quick. Is awfully, awfully quick. 
Returning to ASU and U of A basketball, both, well, I was about to say, ASU lost last night to Washington in overtime, 69-66. I was going to say they were both in the state of Washington taking on the Washington schools. ASU lost 69-66 in overtime, whereas U of A got the win against Washington State, avenging one of their losses this year. They beat the Cougs 63-58. to Yeah, keep your mind, ASU played hard. They, uh, they got the Nunez kid, the freshman, tied it up with three free throws with barely any time left. They went to overtime and lost. The problem for ASU was those last three games on the road against UCLA, USC, and Arizona. Got to do some damage before you get to that gauntlet of a three-game road trip to end the season. And congratulations to the Coyotes' Nick Schmaltz. Oh, His wow. first career hat trick over the Blues last night. The Coyotes beat St. Louis 5 nothing, And for Nick Schmaltz, his first ever hat trick. Congrats to him. Yeah, former first-round pick by the Blackhawks. He was great. A two-on-one break. He got his ninth goal of the season. Tapped in a pass from Lawson Krause. Great to get him back. Then it was 2 nothing, And just a you know, loose pocket. It was a two-on-nothing break. And uh, Schmaltz got his tenth goal of the season. And 13 seconds into the third period, he gets the hat trick. Now, the goal was originally waved off because the net was kind of moving around a little bit, uh, but they reviewed it and determined that Braden Shen had knocked the net off its moorings. Call gets reversed. 3 nothing game. Three goals for Schmoltz. Congratulations. Awesome hat trick for him last night. Well, I do want to mention, too, the Arizona Coyotes are hosting their third annual Skating for Layton at Sun Devil Stadium on Sunday. It's presented by Phoenix Children's Hospital. The event honors the life of Coyotes Ring of Honor member Leighton Accardo passed away in 2020 after a battle with cancer. It also raises money for youth female hockey in the Valley as part of that foundation. So if you have interest in attending, please go to the Coyotes website and get more information on it. It's the third annual event. It's a very popular event the Coyotes do and certainly worthwhile as well. I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. So glad to the see them keep, you know, keeping her spirit alive. That's awesome. No question about it. That's going to do it for the 4 o'clock reset. Now, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, yes, they were just starting to win again, but last night was yet another example of just how much the Phoenix Suns are missing their guy. Are they going to get him back soon? That's next on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Over the last couple of years, watching the resurgence of the Suns, obviously, it's been great. And there have been moments every single season where we say, oh, that's a great win. That's a great win. That's one of my favorite wins of the year. Man, we did that a whole bunch last year where we would come in and Gambo and I would say, that was one of our favorite wins of the year last And here's the reason why. Man, last night's game against the Mavs, in a season where there have been way more losses than we ever would have expected for the Suns, that was one of my least favorite games of the year all season for the Suns. I mean, the losses all stink, but that one was, you lose Luka four minutes into the game, and you're starting to get your team back whole again. That was an extremely discouraging effort from the Suns last night. Yeah. It was one of my least favorite losses of the year for the Suns. Yeah, when a player like that goes out, you automatically assume, okay, you're going to win this game. You know, you're at home. You've played well as of late. You got Chris back. You got Cam back. You, 
you, know, you just figure with Luca out, you'll you'll take care of business. You'll win the game. But Dallas plays the Suns hard with or without Luca, with or without. But it doesn't matter. The Dallas Mavericks they just find a way. And then and, and Spencer Dinwiddie stepped up and was unconscious. Man, he was just an unbelievable game. He had you know, he had twenty at halftime. He had ten in the third quarter with three three pointers. He had he just kept going and going and going like he was unstoppable. I mean, the only break he got was when he went to the bench for a little bit. Um, so he was really good. And then they, they clamped down defensively and, and got some big plays and some big stops. I mean, listen, the problem with the Mavericks, as we pointed out yesterday, is their defense is terrible. What did they hold the Suns to yesterday? 95? Like, so they did a good job. I mean, that was yeah. what they were trying to do. They were trying to fix their defense. I said yesterday, the problem with their defense is no Maxi Kleber. Like, he's a big part of, of defensively what they do. So their defense has been had been terrible, and they hold the Suns to under 100. They're really happy with that performance. Yeah, they are. They, they should be thrilled with that performance. And Spencer Dinwiddie, was, he was tremendous last night. He was, a, he was kind of fun to watch, but not fun if you're a Suns fan. He just was a whirling dervish out there. Um, it, it just once again accentuates how badly the Phoenix Suns, and, and this is going to, you know, no dur, but how badly they need Devin Booker back, especially you mentioned the 95 points the Mavs held them to. The Suns offensively have really just not completely, totally figured out who they are without Devin Booker. And with they mentioned it during the TNT broadcast last night, the impact that Booker has overall on the offense, well, maybe not like Luka-like levels, pretty close to how efficient the Suns are offensively when he's on the floor versus how efficiently they are when he's not on the floor. The good news is he's coming back soon. He got on the plane today. They flew to San Antonio. Doesn't mean he's playing against the Spurs tomorrow, but it means he's getting close to play which is good because this team it's about time they got their offensive leader back because they need him more than ever right now with the way they've been playing offensively. Man, it's, it's just the, it's, the difference is night and day. I mean, just look at the record speaks for itself, right? I mean, there are certain stats that stand out like a sore thumb. The Suns don't play well when Devin Booker's not in the lineup. I mean, that's just a fact, right? That's just a fact. When he's in the lineup, they win. When he's not in the lineup, they lose. They're, they're 18 and 11 with Devin Booker in the lineup. 18 and 11 7 and 14 without him I could do the I could do that type of math on the fly 7 14 21 they win 33% of their games when Devin Booker's not in a lineup 33% they need to get him back he's their heartbeat he's he's what makes them go he's what gives them a chance to win every single night he's what scares other teams getting yep. him back is going to be huge now, obviously they're taking their time you don't want any setbacks that's a difficult injury you don't want to have him, you know, uh, re-injure it and then be out even sure. longer. So I understand all of that. Um, and the most important thing, they were 25 and 25 right now, 50 games in, 32 games left. Get him back. Get him back in the lineup, win some games, and have him full go for the playoffs. Because when Devin Booker's playing, the Suns are capable, capable of beating any single team in this league. There's a, you're right, though. They're going to have to be careful with him. And, yep. and that might not be what everybody wants to hear, but they're going to have to be careful with him because you cannot have re-aggravation. You, you can't have a recurrence of the injury. If you do that, then you're you're, you're done. I, I mean, it, it, it's and if that sounds like doom and gloom, it, it's that fragile. I mean, it really is. They... they the whole plan for the Suns was to A, get guys back, and B, keep them back. 
if they can't keep them back, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's then there's going to be no playoffs worth fighting for. You might get in, but you're not going to get very far. You, you've you've got to keep everybody back, so that's going to mean a minutes restriction for Devin Booker early on. You might even see what they did with Cam Johnson when he came back where Cam played, and then he had a night off, and then he played again, right? Like they gave him a game off just for kind of injury management just to be sure. You're, I think you're going to have to do that with Devin early on because getting him back is one thing. Keeping him back is just as important, and they're really going to have to work towards that, I think. Yeah, there's no question. Keeping him back, I, I 100% agree. And, you know, usually that philosophy, hey, if you're available, play or available to play, that's out the window right now. That yeah, whole, it's out the window. It's out the that's window out the with window. these guys. No, I mean, with yeah. the injuries that they had, I mean, it can't be you're available to play or available. No, it's like there is management that has to be done here. Major management on these on Cam Johnson, on Chris Paul, yep. on Devin yep. Booker, on every yep. every one of these guys. For, yep. th- that can come back next year if you're available to play. You're, you know what? If you're available to play, that's for Ish Wainwright. That's for Saban Lee. That's for Damian Lee and Jacques Landell and Bismack Biombo. That's for those guys. Tory Craig. If you're available to play, you're available to play. For Devin Booker and Chris Paul and uh, Cam Payne and Cam Johnson, man, you are, you're nursing this thing. Okay, you're nursing this. You're just, I want to get you through. I want to get to the end of the regular season and, and make sure that you're, you're, you're as close to 100% as you can for, for the playoffs. So yep. not available to play works for every guy in that team except for those four guys. And and I tell you something that that makes me uncomfortable to see that Chris Paul had 38 minutes last night. I I just don't like him playing that many minutes. I don't. You've got to you've got to nurse him a little bit. You shouldn't have to nurse Mikel, but I'd even put him in that category because he's played so many minutes. He had 42 minutes last night. He played all but six minutes of last night's game. At some point, you're gonna have to dial him back. You're gonna have to. I know how important he is. You're gonna wear that guy down to the nub if you don't dial him back a little bit. And so that's it, it, it runs counterculture to everything we've ever thought about the Suns and how they've ever managed themselves in the Monty Williams, Chris Paul era. They're going to have to start to think about things like that if they want to protect their guys for the playoffs. And it starts with Booker. Now, Spurs tomorrow Toronto back home on Monday, Atlanta on Wednesday, then they start a road trip against Boston on Friday. Somewhere in there, probably not the Spurs on Saturday, but somewhere in there, Devin Booker comes back. I got to th- you've been reporting that for a couple of days now. I got to think it's somewhere in that mix right there. Yes. Yeah, I. They said they'd reevaluate him on Wednesday, so you probably take the Toronto game out on Monday. Hawks on Wednesday. Wednesday seems like a strong possibility. You know, maybe he comes back Monday. Maybe you know you get through Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and he feels great. Like, okay, no need to. We'll reevaluate him now. They did say Wednesday reevaluate him. So the Atlanta game on Wednesday seems likely. If it's not that game, I can't imagine that's not the Celtics on Friday. And then from that point forward. You know, you do now. I just want to touch on your McHale thing because you've got back to backs coming up. 
I'll tell you right now, if Steve Kerr was coaching his team, Mikael Bridges isn't playing in all these games, Ironman streak or not. So you've got to think about that. Like, what is, what's more important? Like, you could keep this streak going and just have him play a few minutes. This is an important streak to him, and nobody's even close to him, the Ironman streak. But, you know, down the stretch, you're right. He's been playing a lot of minutes. And not only that, because of the absence of Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and Cam, he's had to, you know, increase his, his input offensively, yep. which is more. More wear and tear and takes more of a toll on you. Yeah, no doubt about it. I I just think they've got to dial him back a little bit so they can save him to a certain extent. Have you subscribed to the Burns and Gambo Show podcast? You might be listening to us in podcast form right now, and if you are, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android, and you will not miss our show. It's the Burns and Gambo Show. It's brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Since coming back from his knee injury, he's had some strong performances off the bench that helped Suns during that four-game win streak that ended last night. He is Dario Saric, and he joins us next on Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. leader. Coming off the court. You hear it straight from a Suns player. With Burns and Gambo. Brought to you by America Roofing. Arizona's number one roofer online at americaroofingco.com. For a free estimate or 10% off any roof repair. That's americaroofingco.com. It's our weekly segment here on the Burns and Gambo show where we get to talk to a Suns player right off the court. In this case, the court is in San Antonio where the Suns are taking on the Spurs tomorrow. It's our uh, weekly visit with a Suns player, and I'm looking forward to this one, especially Gambo. I know you and some of our audience know the reason why. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, Dario Saric joining us here on the Burns and Gambo show, coming off of last night's loss to the Mavs and tomorrow's game against the Spurs. Dario, how are you doing today? Hi, uh, I'm doing well. You know, hope the trip is San Antonio, ready to play tomorrow. Other than that, great. How are you doing? We're, we're doing good. We're doing well. It was great to see you, the Charlotte game, just dominate the way you did with 19 points and 8 rebounds. The Memphis game, where you knocked down 4 out of 5 shots, scored 14 points, had 8 rebounds. It it seems like it took a while for you to get back into the right conditioning to play at that level. Tell us about the re- recovering from that injury. Uh, well, it was a long road, obviously, you know, one year to be out of the basketball, kind of like NBA basketball, which is like a little bit different, a little bit faster than any other league, any other basketball, and the highest level of basketball, of course. So it was it was a tremendous job what I did with, uh, with the physiotherapists here in the Suns, you know, working out every day. Every day was a challenge, you know. I had like a long road with the up and downs, but... Now I'm here. I kind of figure out, and I have a couple of good games, and I hope I'm gonna continue in the same rhythm. I, I think the game for me where I realized that okay, Dario's back was the Golden State game. You know, uh, on January 10th, you got mm-hmm. to play. You got to play a position that I think is very well suited for you, the small ball five. And I think that that really works for you. And you were so good in that Golden State game. That's where I think you turned the corner. Would you agree? Yeah, I play with the jock and with Biz in the in the game. I think I was playing like four and five day game. I don't know, it's really hard. I, I feeling good, you know, playing with the next two other big sometimes I feel good, you know. 
playing small ball foul, you know, when I can do more pops, when I can be playing more from outside. But I like to play full, you know what I mean? Make a plays out the day, you know, have a more big next to me. I don't know. It's really hard for me to say what I feel best, but I like to have like one big next to me. It's kind of like helping me more, you know, to control the pain, to have like more defensive rebounds, you know, it's easy to control the boards, let's say, because of that. Did Dario Sharic, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show, did did the comeback and the rehab and, and really truly finding your form out there, did it take even longer than maybe you thought it was gonna take, Dario? <laughs> Physically, no, you know, physically I feel pretty well, you know, even this summer playing for the national team, physically I was feeling good, but kind of like the moment of basketball, especially NBA basketball, where you have like guys who can really change the direction in a fast, in in, 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 in split of seconds, you know, who are good offensive players, it was like really challenging for me to guard. But now I feel like kind of like more comfortable, you know, kind of like getting more in the rhythm, you know, getting more in the kind of adjusting on that speed, let's say. So I'm feeling pretty, pretty well now, you know. Of course, it was a long process for me to come back, but like I think I'm feeling right, 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 good right now, I'd say. Yeah, and certainly physically, and over the last couple of games, not last night, but the couple of games before that, watching you get out in transition, watching you, you know, watching you run the floor, and, and I, you know, I know there were, you know, some jokes at your expense, you know, dunking the ball, not dunking the ball, Jock Landale giving you grief about it, and all of that, but just watching you get out and run, I got to imagine that was the surest sign from you that you feel great physically, that there's nothing you can't do right now physically. Yes, I agree, you know, to go coast to coast, push the ball, kind of like through me. I don't feel like any hesitate anymore about anything, you know, the playing a good defense both both those games, you know, like try to not hesitate, you know, right now I think I'm I'm proving myself, you know, it's not nothing can keep me down, you know, like mentally, so I need to just go outside and push. Of course you're gonna have like up and downs, good and bad games, but like you know, I feel like I'm I'm, I'm physically ready. You are on an expiring contract, and the trade deadline mm-hmm. is coming up uh, on February ninth. Do you have? Do you have? Do you think about that? Do you have concerns that because you're an expiring contract and you're playing well, that you could be traded, or do you feel like you'll be here for the long haul? Uh, I don't know. This is a hard question for me right now in this situation. I try to do my best on the court every night. I stay here for like beautiful years, you know, and it's like I become from the young guy, you know, I become a man in one way, so I learn a different level of basketball. I play fi- I play finals, you know, at least a couple of seconds, but you know, the long playoffs, so, so, you know, like I'm feeling pretty confident about the Suns, you know, but if this is our job, I can't really know nothing's going to happen, you know what I mean? This is how we live, you know, at least if we're not like superstar or something like that. Right, right. And you've got a lot of minutes with guys being out of the lineup. You've got a chance to play a lot of minutes, especially this month. If you had an opportunity to go to another team and get those same minutes, would, would that be attractive to you? Or do you think staying with the Phoenix Suns, even in a limited role, is something that you want to do? 
so for me, of course, you, I want to I wanna play more minutes, you know, like I'm the kind of guy, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like what they say, Hooper, you know, I want to be, I want to be out there on the court, you know, complete play every night, play, play like almost like every game is possible, you know, if I'm not injured and things like that, but, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say, it's really like a hard question for me right now to answer, but I will always try, you know, to be 100% no matter what. Dario Sharch, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Tell me a little bit about when you and Jacques are on the floor together, because we've seen some of the numbers and, and just the eye test of what we've seen. It seems like you two play very well when you're both on the floor together. What's behind that connection, do you think, Dario? I think we feel like maybe we grew up in different basketball environments, you know, we kind of read each other, you know, if I see he got like a big quiz down the drop, you know, maybe he's going to pop, maybe he's going to try to shoot some threes, you know, if we have like different situation, if I feel like slower guy or something, Chris got me, you know, I will try to play more of the three-point line and things like that, you know, we read basketball, if he's going to die, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pop and that kind of stuff. Try to find the you know little pockets, little holes in the, in, the, in their defense. So you know, kind of like play play big IQ basketball. You know what I mean? It's not like always possible. You know, to have like great guys like Devin Booker. You know, shoot over the people and scoring all the time. Sometimes you need to find a way to score a couple easy buckets. You know, that's what we try to do. Yeah, you guys have gotten Cam Johnson back recently. You got Chris Paul back recently. We're hearing that Devin Booker is very close. That the expectation is he gonna he's gonna play one game next week. Would you expect him to play in one of those games at home on Monday or Wednesday? Uh, I know book book is uh, book practices us today. You know, I think he's really close. I don't know if that is gonna be. I don't know in seven days, ten days, fifteen days. You know, it's about him and the medical part, but. But, you know, he's looking good and uh, he practices, uh, he, he's with the team. So, you know, he's in a right spot right now. You know, it's just about the time, you know, he's called probably when he will be ready. Well, Dario, I don't know if you'll remember this or not, but a couple of years ago, uh, when I celebrated a birthday, my co-host, Gambo, um, he arranged it so that you would wish me a happy birthday on the show because I was and still am a big fan of what you do on the floor. So uh, once again, thank you for wishing me a happy birthday a couple of years ago, uh, and thank you for putting up with us. I really, I, I don't know if you remember it, but man, I really, really appreciated it. It meant something to me. Thank you for doing that. Always, man. Always. If you want, I can. I can wish you happy birthday for the next one. You know, just let the call know, and I will wish you happy birthday all, all the time. Right. If you want. There you go. All right, <laughs> Dario, you're the best, man. Thank you. Yeah. Best of luck the rest ah. of the season. Thanks for putting up with us. We appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, guys. Thank you. You got it. Thanks, Dario. <laughs> Dario Sharich joining us here on the Burns and Gambo. Thank you for hi, that, Gambo. Thank, hi. thank you for arranging that. Hi, Dave. This is Dario. <laughs> <laughs> when I, for those people who don't know, when I turned fifty, uh, Gambo, it was one of the coolest things. Uh, it was great. He, it was one of the best curl- things that's ever happened in your life. 
It was really good. I, you, you know five. what? I was, was I was going to stop. I mean, it, it, it's not up there with the birth of my children no, or my marriage or anything. Five. I got top five. But top it, five. It's seriously professionally. It's one of the best things that ever happened. Uh, yeah, you got like Dan Marley and Kurt Warner and a whole, Luis Gonzalez and Shane Doan all to wish me a happy birthday, and you capped it off by getting Dario Sharich to wish me, wish me a happy birthday. And, yeah. um, and so we don't it get to talk day. to Dario. For, it was. It was a good day, and um, it was my day. And we don't get to talk to Dario very often, so I just wanted to make sure he knew that I appreciated him doing that. So thank you to him for joining us here on Burns and Gambo. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the AFC Championship game is on Sunday, and right now it's like a pot. It's simmering. What's inside of that pot, and what are we going to get on Sunday? We'll tell you next on the Burns and Gambo show. Hi, Dave. Uh, this is Dario. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Let's go! Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. That's right. We're less than three weeks away from Super Bowl 57. If you want to be there in person, text the word SUPER to 620-620. You can register. Listen for your name starting February 6th. You could win a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. Plus, you'll also win tickets to the FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl experience. So, again, text the word SUPER to 620-620. It's all access, and it's presented by Bud Light and FanDuel and Gambo the question is, which AFC team will be representing the conference in the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 57? Will it be the Bengals? Will it be the Kansas City Chiefs? You have changed your mind on what you thought was going to happen in this game. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't know what it is. It's just, I think, everybody piling on that Cincinnati bandwagon and, you know, uh, Burrowhead and Joe's never lost to him. But the games have all been by three points. He's never lost to him. Come on. Like, those games all came right down to the wire. I think Kansas City's at home. Mahomes seems to be moving around okay. I, you know, I'm going to root for Cincinnati. I am. I'm going to root for Cincinnati. I don't dislike Kansas City, but I do like the underdog Bengals. But I think the Kansas City is going to win this football game. Yeah, and somebody corrected me, by the way. We talked about this earlier in the show. The the Who's the underdog in this game has actually been flip-flopping all week long. I, I was I thought it that when it changed, it changed for good. It started the week as Kansas City was the favorite. Then Cincinnati was the favorite. Now apparently it's back to Kansas City as the favorite. So it's really like everyone's trying to get a read on on, on the like the betting trend for this, if you will. And it's kind of gone back and forth. But I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Like it... Like you can only poke the bear so many times. That's still Andy Reid. That's still Patrick Mahomes. There has been a blatant level of disrespect in some corners to Kansas City about this game. I mean, the Burrowhead thing is ridiculous. And, I mean, of the three games that they've won, I think only one has been at Arrowhead Stadium. You're right. All three games have been by three points. It's not like it's been this utter dominance by Cincinnati over Kansas City. In fact, I think if in every single game, Kansas City has led every single game, and Cincinnati had to come from behind and win in all three. So, it, it 
you hear three, you know, and it just paints this idea like Cincinnati just has ownership over the Kansas City Chiefs. That's not exactly the case yeah. in this. And, and I think you're going with the Chiefs because you're getting the sense that Kansas City is just sick and tired of being picked on like this. Like, they've I been a little they, disrespected this week. I, yep. I think they're both they're very evenly matched, man. These are two really, really good football teams. Um, and, I, you know, Kansas City is at home. Kansas City did have a bye. Like, you know, it's hard to win all of these games. Look, there's a lot of things about the Bengals to like. What I, we get, what, when they got off to that 14-0 start against Buffalo, weren't you like, oh, my God, they're going to win this game right then and there? You're yes. like, they're going to win this game. They're very good at it. They, they're 10-0 this season when they have the lead after the first quarter. 10-0. So when their offense gets off to a slow start, that's when they struggle a little bit. So I think a big key is keep your eye on the beginning of the game. Cincinnati gets off to one of those quick starts. They usually win the football games. We know Kansas City's had problems getting to Burrow. Jones is the best interior defensive lineman in the league, man, but he struggles when he goes up against Joe Burrow. I'm sure these guys are going to do something a little bit differently to get that pressure on them this time. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the first quarter thing because I, I jotted down a stat. I forgot I had it here in my notes, but I'm going to read this here to you. It falls right in line with what you just said a second ago. The Bengals' defense has not allowed a single touchdown in the first quarter in the last 12 games they've played. They've given up just nine first quarter points on just three field goals in the last 12 games they've played. And see, to me, that's the difference in this game. That That's why I'm sticking with Cincinnati to win, even though it's on the road, and even though, yeah, I think the disrespect has been a little blatant and it's been a little overplayed all week long. I just think Cincinnati is the more balanced team, the more well-rounded team. I certainly think they have the better defense. I think they have a defensive coordinator right now who's like a shooter at the craps table, and he's hot, right? Like, he's yeah. everything he's Lou, rolling is coming Lou. up right. Sweet Lou is Sweet getting Lou. it done. He, Sweet Lou just stuck it to the Buffalo Bills last week, and that's a good offense to stick it to. And, and so I, he's kind of that hot shooter right now at the craps table. I just think the Bengals defensively can do more to the Chiefs than when the Chiefs are on defense and what they can do to the Bengals. So that's why I'm sticking with Cincinnati in this one. But I appreciate where you're coming from on it. Yeah, listen, I loved Cincinnati. I mean, Mixon was unbelievable with what he did last week. I mean, he he looked great. I mean, that's why the Bengals' offense was just so good. It was so balanced. Their ability to run and pass was just you know second to none. Burrow, listen, that guy is cool as a cucumber, man. I mean, I, that guy, he's great. He is just so good. But these, again, these are just two very, very evenly matched teams. And one has home field advantage, and one has had the bye. And I, now, listen, all bets are off if, if we if Mahomes is not able to move. But all indications are that, you know, and they listed it as a high ankle sprain, but I almost can't believe that it was with, the, the, with what they're saying about his ability to move in these practices yeah, and, and participate. And, and yeah, and, and some of that, you know, I wonder, is it gamesmanship? Is, is some of that, like, are they, not that they're faking the injury reports, but are they making it sound better than it is so they don't let Cincinnati feel like they've got a major advantage? You and I have both been doing this a long time. We've been talking sports for a living for a long time. High ankle sprains are tough. They're three they're weeks. Re- they're three they're four really, weeks. really, I can't see how it doesn't limit him. I can't see how it doesn't 
cut into his effectiveness somehow. I, I, I just feel like no matter what they're saying coming out of practice, that he, it, it's gonna. It's going to be a problem for them. It's going to limit them somehow, and so you, you got to contend with that. I, I think it's going to be a great game, and I, I think once again, it's the state of the AFC. I mean, we'll talk about Sean Payton coming up in a little bit in the five o'clock hour, depending on what he decides to do as a coach. Uh, if, if that Chargers job should come open a year from now, depending on what happens there, I would think the only way you'd want to take a job coaching in the AFC is if you knew you had one of those young stud quarterbacks that you'd be able to go to battle with for the next 10 years because between Allen and Mahomes and Herbert and and Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, how do you, you get fired in. if you have one of those guys? I, you how shouldn't. do you lose your well, guys? I'll tell you how guys. you get how? fired. You, you get fired for not winning multiple playoff games is how you get fired. right? Like If you're Brandon Staley and you're one and done next year too with Justin Herbert, you're gone. You're gone. I mean, there's just going to be no, there's going to be no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You you can't waste Justin Herbert's young years, rookie contract years, by getting eliminated in the playoffs like that. You can't. You got to take advantage. You got to take advantage. Yeah, that's how you I, yeah. No, I mean that's crazy. Like you got fired having Justin Herbert or Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow. I, those coaches, that's job security right there. Just don't mess it up. That should be job security. Should be. Yeah, should be job security. But that's that's how it'll go. When we come back. It is the ringing endorsement for Sean Payton that I am sure many Cardinal fans wanted to hear. We'll let you hear who said what next on the Burns and Gambo Show.